Because what I found one of the secrets of getting it all done is making sure that you're partnering with the right who's, not always the how's. Because so often we want to focus on how do we do it. But as moms, the secret really lies in, in who do we need, whether we're hiring help in the home or hiring help in the business. So figuring out you know, who you need to have in different roles in your life and in your business to make it all work is one of the secrets for sure. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendeville. Welcome to today's episode, and it's so good. And it's part of our Monetizing Mompreneurs Summit. So I sat down with Jen Myers, and you're going to absolutely love this episode. And we talked about time management and how to really manage your time effectively, especially if you're feeling like you're treading water or you feel like you can do more with your time. Let me tell you, you can, and you're going to love this episode. Um, she is coach for entrepreneurs who homeschool and the founder of Homeschool CEO, an expert in developing systems that tame chaos for families and businesses. She has scaled several companies of her own to seven figures and beyond. So we're going to dig in here. And Jen empowers women through her programs to have the best of both worlds and live to the fullest in both business and homeschool. Jen, welcome to Montage Mompreneurs Summit and welcome to Montage Mompreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Linda. Yes, I'm so happy you're here. Okay, so how did you start? Let's go over there. Not how did you start your business, but how did you start with helping us with these scheduling secrets, right? You know, it was probably four years ago about where women kept coming to me going, hey, we're seeing that you're building these businesses one after another. And we're seeing that you also have kids with you all the time. How are you managing both? How are you balancing motherhood, entrepreneurship, and homeschooling? How do you fit it all in? Because we live in a society where it's this idea of you have to work 24-7. You have to hustle to grow your business. And they're like, you're not doing that. You're still taking family vacations. You're still resting. You're still doing all of these things. Like, how are you making all of this work? And so I just started sharing the ideas and the things that I've learned after 20 years of making, of balancing all of this. You know, my kids are now 29, 27, 26. And then my baby just is going to be just turned 19 on Monday, actually. So I have been at this a while. And that is how, you know, all of those years, people kept coming to me, asking me, like, how do you juggle it all? Because as moms building a business, it feels like a juggling act sometimes. So that's how I got into it. And then we opened Homeschool CEO and the rest is kind of history. So, I mean, I've seen your group and it's grown exponentially and, and you're hitting strides. And I know that you partnered with someone because you do the business side and then um, someone else does kind of like the homeschooling. I started like curriculum and stuff like that, right? Yep. Because what I found one of the secrets of getting it all done is making sure that you're partnering with the right who's, not always the how's. Because so often we want to focus on how do we do it. But as moms, the secret really lies in, in who do we need, whether we're hiring help in the home or hiring help in the business. You know, like for you, you have Cassie, who's your right hand, you know, your wing woman who's helping you run it all. I have one as well. 
Um, with homeschool CEO, I have another gal who is a homeschool coach. I focus on the business and the scheduling and the life side of it. She schedules on, you know, she focuses on like, how do you pick curriculum? What do you do when you have a neurodivergent kiddo who needs extra help? So figuring out how, you know, who you need to have in different roles in your life and in your business to make it all work is one of the secrets for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's go, let's go into the nitty gritty of it. So you scaled to seven figures. Let's talk about that. How did you set up your schedule to scale to those seven figures, right? So one of the secrets when you're setting up your schedule is looking at your time in blocks based and then looking. So you look at your times of going, okay, what do I have 100% control over? So as moms, sometimes we don't have 100% control. Sometimes that kid's in the next room or we have to go do pickup or we have to run errands. Like we, we have to go, we have kids there. We can't control what's happening. Other times you do have control where maybe a kid is like at preschool, like you have a block right now, right? Where you have, you have control of your time and those are hundred percent blocks. But then there's other times I call them 50% blocks where kids are there uh, families there maybe, but they're doing independent work. Maybe it's their time outside, or maybe it's their time on a screen, or it's their quiet time, or kids are napping. That's another time where it might be a 50% block. And then there's times where it's 10%, that you have about 10% control and 10% ability to focus because you might have a kid sitting at your foot and interrupting and you're, you know, you're doing things with them. So what I started to realize is like, I had these blocks of time. It may only be an hour might be two hours where I could drop a kid off somewhere or a kid was sleeping or they hadn't gotten up yet in the morning or they went to bed at night, what those blocks were. And I started to look at the tasks that I needed to do to move the business forward and which of those tasks required a hundred percent of my focus. So for me, Mark, when I was scaling the first business to seven figures and I had four kids under 10, that time I would say, okay, marketing and relationship building, that's what we needed to do. That's where I needed to focus my time. I couldn't be interrupted by kids coming in and out. So I would put those tasks in those blocks of time where I had a hundred percent focus because that's what moved the needle forward. Then other tasks like folding laundry, you know, because as moms we're integrated, it's not just business. It's not just life. It has to be both. And there were other times where like, I needed to fold laundry, but I could totally do that with kids with me, right? So that would be a 10% task. Checking an inbox, that would probably be a 10% task. A kid could be hanging out while I'm doing an inbox, like checking email. That's not something I need full concentration. And then there were those in-between times where maybe it was a grocery list where I needed to focus, but I could be interrupted. It wasn't a big deal. So as I was scaling the first business, I started to identify what task is really moving the business forward. What requires 100% of my focus? Where on earth in my schedule do I have 100% focus? And making sure that those were in alignment with each other. Because what happens as moms is so often we'll have an hour free and we're like, man, we're exhausted. We're just going to check the inbox or we're going to scroll social media. These, those total 10% tasks because we're, we're tired, but we're like, if we're intentional with our schedule and we put those 100% tasks there that is where the magic happens. That is where you start to see those exponential growth when you're only focusing on those things during those 100% uh, blocks of time. I really enjoy this because sometimes we look at our schedule, we look at our time blocks, and we look at what's the most pressing thing I need to get done. Instead of looking at it as, you know, what requires most of my focus, 
which is kind of like a great pivot on the way that we think when it comes to tasks. So that is absolutely a gem. So I'm gonna ask you another question. What did you find were the tasks that were moving the business forward? It depended at different seasons of the business. So oftentimes when it was in a scaling phase, it looked like marketing, but there were other times where it looked like building the systems, the internal systems of the business and the automations, the stuff that isn't, doesn't look sexy on the front end, but on the back end, it's what allows you to scale. Is the Yeah, it's super, you know, it's really important. <laughs> so looking at those things, the other thing, what you were saying makes so much sense, um, Linda, and it goes back to Eisenhower matrix, right? Urgent versus important and not urgent, but important. Those are the tasks. It's a 20%. It's a little part of that quadrant that very often the most important things are not urgent and we have to be intentional and prioritize them if we want to grow our business. So there's been seasons where that, that changes. Sometimes it looks like marketing on social media and like outreach and connections and personal relationship building, you know, depending on the model of the business, because I've built four different businesses now, depending on the season of the business, looking at and being really intentional with what is that 20% that's moving the needle forward and then just wiping away that other 80% because it doesn't matter. Your business is going to grow without that other 80%. That's so good because we can get stuck on the tasks that are really not moving the needle forward, but maybe those are things that we enjoy doing, right? And I have like this, like, I hear this like question coming up, like, okay, how do I start, you know, how do I start like identifying these types of tasks? And, you know, what would you say? Because I'm already like, okay, I need to put a list. I need to put one side of the list, 100% focus, the other side, 50 to 10% focus. This is what I do. And this is what I teach my clients to do is the ice method. So basically get yourself a Google spreadsheet, put every task you could do on the left hand on the first line, then line it up. I see it's impact, confidence, ease, and then give everything a rating from one to 10, 10 being the highest one being the lowest. So the first one is I for impact. How much impact is this going to have on my business? How much do I believe this is going to move my business forward? How much immediate impact? So is it going to get me a new client? Is it going to get me a new relationship? Is it leveraged? Is it going to, you know, have a huge ROI? What is that impact? Next one is C, confidence. How much confidence do you have that you can actually carry this out right now in this season of where you are, not where you wish you were, but where you are right now. So a great example is over the summer when everybody had their kids home, I had mom say, you know what? Our schedule is so messed up. In fall though, in September, I have a hundred, I have 10 confidence in this. I can do this. But right now, I don't know. Schedule's a little wonky. I'm more like at a two. Then E is ease. Ease is how, what does it feel like? Is it easy for you to carry this out? Or are you going to have to hire a new team? Or do you have a team that can already carry this out? And rating that. So when you have all these ideas and all these things you could be doing, I literally have people rate them with the ICE method and then give a total. When that total is, you know, as close to 30 as you can get, just line them up. And that's the one you choose first because it's going to be easiest for you. It's going to have the most impact and you are the most confident in. So it's going to get that momentum rolling for you. 
oh my god okay so <laughs> cassie is clapping she's like whoa this is mind blowing all right cassie you already know we gotta we gotta do that in click up no I'm kidding <laughs> so okay so my next my next question will be picking back off of what you were saying after the spreadsheet is done and you have those tasks that you see you know then what you know because now i just see a bunch of tasks they're very impactful do i delegate do i do that myself you know what do i do next that is going to be dependent on each person their business model what kind of resources they have because if you don't if you're really at the beginning of your business and you can't afford any to hire any help you know delegation may not yet be an option so then that goes back to going okay if you have a team can you delegate it obviously that's that's usually what i prefer to do um however that's not always possible especially at the beginning of business so that's when you start to again do the 100% 50% 10% tasks line that up, look at your blocks of time, because then you can start to be intentional with your time and putting those tasks into your calendar saying, you know, I know that, you know, Susie goes to gymnastics from five to 6 PM on Monday nights. I have an hour. I have writing a blog post as one of my top things. Maybe I'm going to put that in that block that, so you start to take that list and assign it, whether you use ClickUp, Asana, you know, whatever your project management is, Google Calendar, I don't care what it is, as long as it's something, because you have, the problem is, is so often as moms, we're reactive, because we have kids, and they don't follow a schedule, like, they don't look, they don't care about your Google Calendar, <laughs> like, let's be real, they don't care. <laughs> no, no, my kid was sick yesterday, supposedly, he did not care. <laughs> No, it doesn't matter. You've got a summit going on. Like kids don't, no. kids don't care. You know, like people, spouses sometimes, they just don't know. It's just doesn't, it doesn't register and that's okay. Uh, but, you know, anything can happen. You could get sick, right? Any Anything could happen. But as you start to be intentional with your time, when it's on the schedule, doing your best to honor that. The other thing is build in buffer days, like build in a block of time where you don't have anything scheduled. Maybe it's, for me, it's Friday morning. So when life comes up Monday through Thursday, that task just gets moved over to Friday. And guess what? On Friday, I don't have anything else scheduled. I don't take calls. I don't run errands. I finish up and close up whatever didn't happen. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. I'm going to backtrack a little bit and let's talk a little bit about like, Let's say that you're looking at your schedule and you feel overwhelmed and you don't even, you don't even like you, you're procrastinating. How would you say, can someone like move past that overwhelm and start like getting into the focus? Because I'm, I'm noticing like for me, if I look at a block of hour and I'm looking at blogging, I'm going to, I'm going to feel procrastination because I know for blogging, it takes me three hours because Blogging is not my, like, I love blogging, but it's not necessarily something I can knock out so quickly, you know, just, just for an example. So let's say we're going through that procrastination. We know we got that block. How can we move past that? So let's say you only can work an hour time. Let, let's, let's use your example. You want to write a blog, you know, a blog takes you about three hours. You know, you only have one hour blocks because you have a little, and that's, that is your current season of life. So rather than trying to fight against that, Look at the blog task and say, you know what? I'm not going to write a blog in one block. I'm going to write a blog over a solid week or maybe two weeks. Like get, um, there's a book called Finish by John Acuff. 
And he talked about how we are notoriously bad at overestimating what we can get done in a small amount of time, but underestimating what we can get done in a longer time period. So what we can do in a month or a year. And so understanding, like take that task and double the amount of time you want to give yourself and then break it down into micro steps. So for example, let's take the blog as your example. Day one, you're going to research and outline the blog. Day block two, you're going to start to write the rough draft. This also goes to Parkinson's law. Time will expand. The task will expand to the time that we give it. So, you know, time two, block two, you're going to write it. Block three, you're going to edit it and upload it. So looking at like, what are those chunks that you can break down and make those micro steps so that it's manageable and know that progress is progress, no matter what the pace. Sometimes as moms, we want to compare our business growth to, you know, Grant Cardone's who's like 10 xing every week because he just hustles and works 80 hours a week. And like, that's not our lives as moms. Gary Vee, Cassie, love Gary Vee. <laughs> yeah, but really like looking at that going, okay, we're not, don't use them as your measuring stick because they do not have your life. The other thing is, is with AI, lean into it. Like, what can we use with AI to streamline, to simplify this stuff? This wasn't available six months ago, you know, or a year ago, but it is now. Like, how can we make this faster and more streamlined for us? Ooh, let's go a little bit into that because I really, that's really interesting because I have, I, for me, I feel a little overwhelmed because I have so much things to do, even though I have a small team, there's still so much, there's like so much things to get done and you feel so overwhelmed. And, uh, and it, it's so overwhelming sometimes I don't leave that block to researching more of like chat GPT, AI, and all these things. So what are your scheduling secrets that you're doing when it comes to AI? I would love to run by those. <laughs> we are really fine-tuning this. This is something that we're leaning more into as a small team with Homeschool CEO, using AI to help us uh, streamline the research process the outline process, I like to write, so I'm still writing quite a bit, but use it as a springboard. We have templates and prompts that we put in now that is helping helping us, you know, 10X that output uh, so that we aren't getting stuck there. So you're using, you're using it for like marketing, like for content more than for any other thing or? We're using it for idea generation. We're using it for, um, my team uses it for even like, social media posting, say like, what should we post about? Here's our ideal client. We've taught about brand voice. Um, so we're using it quite a bit at this point. Yeah. And oh, with wow. meta tags, everything you can imagine, you can probably use AI to help with. I mean, I, I feel like if we're not jumping on the ba- bandwagon with AI, we can get lost in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a game changer for sure. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Now, so what other tools are you using as far as for for your scheduling secrets? So we use ClickUp. Um, A lot of our homeschool CEOs also use Asana, but it it doesn't matter as long as you pick something that you use and that you become good at. Um, The one thing that, so that's what what we use. Um, We use ChatGPT. 
Uh, my team is using some other ones that they have. I have one person on my team that their entire role is to really explore AI and they're helping the rest of the team figure out how to use it so that I can be more in that CEO role and I'm not, I'm not learning all of it. Like that's at this point, I have a team that's helping to figure that out. One thing I want to circle back with Linda, you said something about the overwhelm because I think this is really important for all of us as moms who are building businesses is that 80% of what we're doing can be eliminated. We don't even need to spend our time there because only 20% is really moving the needle forward. And I would challenge all of us as we're doing this to sit and really think through because it's so easy for us to think we have to do it all. And that's where that feeling of overwhelm comes. I always tell people, like when I built my ads agency, my Facebook ads business, which was my third business, I'm like, you guys, I built it to 200,000. I didn't even have a website. I had a Facebook page. When I started with business coaching, I didn't have a funnel for it or a sales page for it. I literally reached out to people one-on-one and said, hey, I'm considering doing this. Is that something you'd be interested in? I hit 300,000 before I even had like, a sales page funnel for it. I didn't have it. I just didn't because I focused on what worked for me was relational marketing. And this idea of if you want to make a quantum leap in your business, 20% of what's on your to-do list is what will get you there. The other 80% we can let go of. This is good because I really feel like there's so much out there, right? Do it this way, do it that way. But maybe that way is not really your your way that's best fitted for you right or you know because you know i i really believe it is in relationship marketing you know to grow your business as well um but i've learned like for me like i have a lot of reward when i'm on ig a lot of reward when i'm on instagram for whatever reason that works for me more than um reaching one-on-one and what works for me really well is networking networking in a group setting such as this you know, <laughs> and that's why we host this, you know, um, because that works really well for my business. I'm just doubling down, you know, in that aspect and doubling down with the IG instead of, you know, an outreach. I'm, I, I get overwhelmed. I, I self-sabotage, I self-sabotage before with the outreach. <laughs> but Linda, that's your 20% is showing up on Instagram. And what happens is we take that and then we're like, we got to write a blog post. But if a blog post takes you three hours and you're not, if it's not yielding those results, why spend your time there? Just double down on Instagram. Say, you know what? I'm going to spend three hours this week on Instagram and networking in groups because that's what yields me my results and spend time there and let the other stuff go. Like, it's okay. We don't have to do it all. That's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> do we have any questions? Because I do want to take any questions that we have from anyone that's been tuning in and listening, you can put it in the chat or you can chime in because this is like really good. This is the, this is the time to shine. The other thing is, as we're waiting for questions, is the idea of getting a single focus. As moms who are also building businesses, our schedule becomes much simpler when we aren't trying to market 15 different things and 15 different products. You know, pick one or two things that's going to help you. That's going to reduce a lot of the overwhelm. And the other thing is, is that, you know, when you were saying about there's all these things you could be doing, right, to hit that goal. If we 5X that goal and then say, what would it take to get there? Much fewer pathways will get you there. So 
80% of the things that you thought you were thinking about doing, you could just take off the list. Cause you're like, you know what, if I just aim a little higher, I can do less things because only three or four things like for you, when you were saying Instagram, Instagram will get you there. Right. Wow. You don't have to have a blog. You don't have to spend time on a website. You, you know, I know you have all of those things, but you don't have to put more and more energy there if that's what works for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but it, I think it's different seasons because, you know, when I do blog, even though it takes me three hours, it does, it does come out pretty rewarding. Like when I start, like when I used to, I don't know how this, how it's changed though, because I haven't blogged in a while. So I did. Um, so I'm doing that block that you were talking about. Like I'm doing a little by little little by little because we just had a big move but I I want to ask you one more question and then we can no I'm probably gonna ask you a few after this but this is the one big one that I'm gonna ask little mini ones little mini questions is if you can leave a scheduling secret you know like one thing that will seven figure them the one thing that'll lead them to that seven figures that, that is your secret sauce that is like not just maybe it's not a scheduling thing but what, what do you think is the secret to growing seven figures? Becoming the best at the thing that you do. The go-to. Yeah, become known in one thing. Before you start branching out and offering 15 other options, get super clear on that one thing. And there's another thing too. Be super clear on what you want. Because so often you just throw a number out there and I hear six figures a lot or seven figures, but get super clear on that vision of where you're going and what that person would be like. Think about the five year from now you, like what would the five year Linda be like? What decisions would you make? And letting that future self be the filter for the decisions that you make now. That's the secret to seven figures. It is. Being super clear on the end goal and letting that dictate and filter through what what you spend your time on now. Because as we're scheduling, there are a lot of things. Um, Seven-figure Linda would say no to certain things. You'd be like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. Why are you doing it now? Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Hosting a summit every quarter, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Seven-figure me would be like, no, that's insane. I don't even, I don't even know why I did it, but we're here. It's amazing. We love it. And now we're going to be focused on that one summit, making it, making it the go-to, right? <laughs> making it a name. Yeah. I see one question in the chat says, I'm looking at the possibility of starting up a family business. Can you explain a little more about the relational aspect that helped your business become 300,000 before your sales pitch, before your sales funnel pitch? Yep. So what I did was I joined programs. I said, I want to run Facebook ads. I want to run Facebook ads for high level clients because I did not want a bunch of lower paying clients. I knew, remember though, my Facebook ad, this ad, this is what I'm going to give the most practical example. It was my third business I built. So I came into it with a lot of for business knowledge. And so what I did was I joined a couple of different high level programs that were in $1,500 to $3,000 range for the courses. Because I knew people who would spend $1,500 to $3,000 a course will pay somebody, a Facebook ads manager, $2,000 or $3,000 a month to run their Facebook ads. Does that make sense? Um, so I put myself in the room with those people. You know, I think one of the programs I joined, you know, any, any type of membership where the people are really active, where people are paying to be part of that, because if they're willing to pay there, they're more likely to pay for that type of a service, like a high-end service. 
And I went in, I answered questions. Like when people would ask questions, I provided value that way. I built connections and relationships with people. And then I literally reached out to them and said, hey, I'm offering the service. Do you know anybody that would benefit from that? And they would sometimes say, oh yeah, I, I need that actually. Or they would say, oh, so-and-so needs it. The other part of it is I was super clear on who I served. I ran Facebook ads for health and wellness experts. I did not run Facebook ads for coaches. I did not run, unless they were health and wellness. Um, I did not run Facebook ads for like local businesses. I ran for health and wellness experts. And so it was super easy to refer me. So when we're talking about relational marketing, being super clear on who you serve and how you serve them, that that is how I built it. And so when people would come to me and they would say, oh, I heard you're the best at running Facebook ads for health and wellness experts. And I was, I was really good at it. And so, you know, if you owned um, any type of, on, I ran a meal plan company, I ran a uh, online gym membership company, I ran chiropractors, I ran physical therapists, like all of those types of things, uh, because it was easy. It was rinse and repeat because it was the same type of clientele, but that was the relational market. Absolutely. You know, that's super cool because I'm currently in transitioning from the one-on-one -on -one client work to the one-to-many model. And I didn't, I had to figure out the riches are in the niches. I had to like all over again because I was, you know, I was focused mostly as web designer for coaches and it was, you know, easy peasy for me because, you know, I knew their struggles. I knew their thing, but I didn't understand that switching over is the same concept. You know, when you're selling like digital products is the same as being one of the best, you know, within your area, within your, your niche. And that took a lot. <laughs> it took a while for me to be like, what worked for me before, you know, and how can I bring it in now? So sometimes when we have these, these like, you know, like blocks, you know, it's an opportunity to like to pu push forward. And I love what you're saying is like, get in the room with people that you want to work with. Get in the room. And network, like even in your community, talk to other people, partner with other people, because, you know, if like for me as a Facebook ads manager, I partnered with people who, you know, I became friends with copywriters. So they were busy writing the funnels and they're like, hey, I know this Facebook ads gal who can help you run traffic and get sales. Talk to people who are in adjacent, uh, you know, connecting people who are also serving the audience that you want to serve. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. This is it's so good. And I know it's going to be timely for the people that are, in, um, you know, listening in. And this is going to be available. This replay is also going to be available in the VIP because I know that you have an offer that you're giving away to our VIP guests. And it's the successful scheduling sample pack. Right. Um, and I'm going to put that in the chat so people can can grab it or do we have any other question Cassie I'm sure you got some questions girl Cassie come on I am soaking it up like a sponge I love that Jen's coming with really practical ideas and how to's uh, you can really hear in her experience what has worked um, and she's very specific and that all of those things take time, like to get this experience, this, this knowledge, but these are practical steps that you can take. And that's really what, you know, I mean, so many things are important, but for us as business owners, practical steps um, and breaking those down are really what we need to do. And I, I feel relieved already on the 20%. <laughs> Go. <laughs> 
and because I'm like, okay, it's my, what is going on here? Like my plate is full. And also, you know, how about this, Jen? You know, when you see, well, I guess you really answered it when you said you take off all the fat, the overwhelm is in all, all the fat you've got too many things in, a, in the burner going at the same time. There's too many fires going and you're trying to put them all out. And so stopping something and let's be honest, that's hard. Like that's, you know, that's not easy. Some of those are your babies. And so you're saying Eliminate. not now, not now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now put them on a shelf someday. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, you know, and that's good. Like I love, like you said, like if I, I the, immediately I was like IG and this is my thing but I want to blog <laughs> and it takes me three hours but the IG is quicker but you know like what am I doing right but you know I want to ask you another question so the many questions is what are you saying yes to in this season and what are you saying no to Ooh, that is such a great question so what I am saying yes to is going all in on my coaching and my mastermind and my food membership but what I'm saying no to is any opportunity that is coming along. I just had an opportunity that if I'm being honest, completely, it was so painful. Linda, to say no to it. Uh, somebody came to me who is in my community and she has a cannabis business and it is without going into all of the privacy details. It is a company that is poised to probably be a billion dollar company. And she wanted me to come on and do all of the marketing. And I would have gotten a percentage of the business. And like it, it is an opportunity of a lifetime because eventually that business will sell and eventually it will sell it for a medical cannabis company. It will, it will sell for a high dollar amount. And I would have been part of that. And I sat down and I looked at it and I said, would future self want to be an employee of another company for me, for like, it didn't fit with who I want to be in the future. And I went back and I thought on it and I prayed on it. And I, I took a week to make a final decision, but I literally said no. And she had so much respect for my ability to say no, because sometimes in life as moms, we have to say no to what's good so that we can focus and attain what's great. Amen. <laughs> I'm clapping for that because I feel like that is such bravery and so courageous to say, I mean, a billion dollars is like, hey, a billion dollars, you know, even. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have had the whole billion dollars. I think that's part I of know, it. But, still, I mean, owner, but, but yeah, it's hard. Um, another thing I've said no to is I walked away from a mastermind that I had been in for three years because it became, it became part of my floor. As I raised my floor to go to the ceiling of the next level, it, I outgrew that situation. And even though I love those people and I love that coach, I know I now need the next level coach. And that person was no longer there. That person, that group no longer met that. And it's hard because it became part of my identity. And I had to say no. I it didn't have to. I chose to say no to those so that even though there was a grieving process, because I was like, these are my best friends and they're still my friends, like the closest ones. But even in that, it was a group of a hundred people in a mastermind. I probably took 20, 20 of them with me still continuing as friendships. Cause I was like, this is the 20% that actually matter. The other 80, like I could go on and grow my business and live my life and go to the next level without really having to add more people into my life. So that that's two things that are very practical that I've said no to recently. 
But I love what you're saying. You're investing in yourself to get in the room with people that are doing bigger and better and like intentionally getting in the room with that. And I think that's so important because sometimes as mompreneurs, we, we think like, oh, I'll figure it out by myself. I'll get there by myself, you know, and you'll take longer. I mean, and you might not even ever get there because the you need someone to speak like, hey, this is what's possible. This is, you know, this is what could happen. And sometimes we need that vision or even to see that type of vision. Yeah, absolutely. I am a big proponent of getting coaching, joining memberships, getting around people who know what they're, you know, who have, who've already done what you're trying to do. Like that's a huge scheduling secret, getting, connecting with others who have done what you're trying to do, because they're going to identify the pitfalls so that you don't have to fall into them. Like they're going to backtrack your success. And that's a huge, huge thing that people underestimate the, the power of getting and connecting with those people. Oh, that's so good. Jen, where can people find you? <laughs> Instagram is probably the best place if you want to connect with me directly. If you want to connect with other entrepreneurs who homeschool, we have a free Facebook community as well. Just Google or go to Facebook and search homeschool CEO community and it'll pop right up for you. Yeah, I mean, I I I absolutely love this talk and I absolutely love like all of the nuggets of wisdom that you have like discussed and told us. And I mean, especially those of us that are going higher or going for more, like we're all ambitious women, but the ones that are catching the replays for the ones that are listening on the podcast, we're all, let's just be truthful. We're all ambitious women. We want certain things in our life and we want to achieve certain goals. And I feel like the tools that you have given us today are, are invaluable, especially that one, the 100%, the 20% and that 10%. I can't wait to carve out that spreadsheet. I think we're going to do that with the summit, Cassie. What is the 100%? What is the 10%? I've already got a list. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because, because we sometimes get so focused on the tasks that look good, right? That they look nice, but they, they take up too much of our time. And is it really moving the needle forward? Right, yeah. The There's no honor in being busy. Busy does not equal productive. I'd much rather see our moms be productive and move the needle forward because that's where they're going to be able to achieve the goals. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindamendable.com. Sign up for the blog cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level and join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.